hosts Jacob and Michael. A bushel of cookies. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to hit record, but I hit record. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Whoops. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> awkward. I'm glad we didn't say anything horrible. Like, did you bury the body out in the desert? <laughs> Take all the identification, wipe it clean. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot the bleach. <laughs> Get the lie. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, no. well, we're, we're holiday wasted. We've had way too many sweets. <laughs> yes, but I also accidentally have clumsy fucking fingers and hit record. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everybody, it is post Christmas. Uh, we are back. This is kind of like our little treat for you guys while we get ready for uh, the 1986 season of this show. Uh, so we're gonna do three mini sods with some cartoons from the 80s. Uh, if you know us, you know that we had a show for what six, seven years uh, back in Tunes, where we discussed cartoons. We kind of ended it last what February, January. It was January. Oh my gosh, yes we did, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a year since we did an episode, and we figured, you know, there's still people out there who love us talking about cartoons, but we're we're really running out of cartoons. I showed you the list, Jacob, that's all that's left of the 80s. That little list. I know, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, so... We've already hit all the big ones. Basically, yeah. So we got some interesting ones still left on the docket, so we're going to do three uh, minisodes, we do four cartoons per show. Uh, there's not some deep mythology or history or franchise... Any going on with these so there's not a whole hell of a lot to talk about but I thought they would be interesting I let you choose the four so what is the first one you chose well the first one I chose uh, it sounded familiar familiar to me but I ne- I don't think I've watched it was uh, Black Star it was uh, almost a space age kind of He-Man yeah well it's from the same company I'm guaranteeing you after the show ended that uh, who, who is it made was it Mattel that did He-Man can't remember. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Mattel. Uh, Hasbro. Was it Hasbro or Mattel? No. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna have to fucking cheat. He man. Mattel. Da, 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 da. Okay, you got it. Okay, cool. Uh, but I'm sure they saw Black Star and said, "This is the company that can handle doing our cartoon." From looking at this, because there's a lot of similarities. Um, I just think it's a little slower. The animation isn't as solid, but it has it has a unique story, and uh, it's one of the very first sword and sorcery cartoons. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't recall anything before this that was really sword and sorcery. I think Herculoids was right after this. Well, that's not really sword and sorcery. That's that's post-apocalyptic. So I don't know. It just... Uh, I, I enjoyed it. What did you think of it? No, I really did enjoy it, too. It had its, again, its mythology and cast of characters. And, yeah, the two swords uh, forming, you know, split in half. Uh, yeah, again, I think that definitely delved into later um, Masters of the Universe mythology, but um, you could tell where it was influenced by that. Right. Well, you can or, see there's also influences on this because, you know, Conan the Barbarian was getting really super popular again. Uh, there's some Flash Gordon elements. Uh, damn, what's the one from uh, the DC Comics? I can't think of it. He has the red and white suit. He, he goes in outer space. It's kind of like John Carter where he goes to a place and zaps him. What the fuck is the name? Oh my gosh, I know. I should know this. I read up on him. Adam Strange? Uh, yes, that's it. Okay, thank you. Um, so it has elements of that, but it really dives really deep into fantasy. Um, more so than a lot of these uh, sci-fi shows. It, it uh, It's not really silly like the way some of the stuff in He-Man is. Um, 
Actually, wow, it looks like a lot of those same voice casts from He-Man. Uh, look at Alan Oppenheimer and Linda Gary were both part of it. Of course, there's Frank Walker. Everybody take your drink. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Again? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't go one what episode without him. But uh, the whole epi- uh, whole series was out on DVD. I believe it's now out of print. So, thankfully, there's a ton of it on uh, YouTube. And this was made from a copy that no one seems to remember, but was really popular for a short period of time. It's called Galoob. <laughs> Galoob. Yes, Galoob was known for one major toy that was such a phenomenon that kept them going for years, and it was Micro Machines. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. Uh, and those were all over the place, because the guy who... John no, no, I, I'm pretty sure he was an auctioneer. Yeah, yeah. He, his voice was all over the place. He was always speaking for those commercials. He did. Uh, Galoob also did, because we're never going to have the chance to talk about this again, so I'm going to do it now. It, uh, they also were infamous for the Game Genie, which they got sued for. Uh, and I think they still won. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, do you remember the Game Gear where you could pop the cartridge over your actual cartridge and then put it in the Nintendo and it'll give you all the cheat codes? Yes, I absolutely remember that. I remember that, Game Shark. I remember so many cheat Hold on a second here. This is fucking insane. They had a toy line for Last Starfighter and they didn't release it, but they released a toy line for Married with Children? Come on. There was a toy line for Married with Children? I know, right? That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they, they have them in Funko Pops, but like to proceed that over Last Starfighter? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, Galoob, though. That sounds like that sounds like a little mush, uh, marshmallow paste kind of thing. Uh, I got galoob all over me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I galooped my pants. Hasbro the, bought them out for $220 million, and I don't know why, because there's nothing here. Because Micro Machines are gone. They, uh... God, there's nothing here that looks like it would be worth paying $220 million for. This is in 1998 money, so all these franchises are good as gone, or they're licensed from somebody else. That was oh, yeah, it. especially as far as film rights go. Yeah, I'm looking. There's no original toys here. Besides, you know, Micro Machines. So that was a $220 throwaway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because they haven't done anything with Blackstar since. No. Well, have they and done again, anything? Have Micro Machines ever tried to make its way back? As far as Micro Machines? No, I haven't. I think I they mean, died off. Hills. I remember they had the Star Wars toys, and those were a real big boost in the mid-90s or whatever, but that seems like the last thing I remember from them. Oh yeah, Hasbro still does like uh, Transformers. Uh, they just still do Star Wars toys, uh, especially the Black series. Yeah, but but as far about, as like well, whatever they acquired from Galoob, it seems like it was just to erase them from the marketplace so they couldn't bid on other toys. That's probably what it was, just to get rid of a competitor. Mm. Oh, yeah, most likely. Yeah. Well, who knew that McFarlane Toys would have debuted in 1998 and fucking blew everybody away for a while? Oh. God, yes. And they still do such a great job, especially with their DC line lately. Yeah. But as, again, as far as it goes for like Masters, that's still kicking. But Blackstar? Yeah. No. Nobody remembers it's, that one. Yeah. It's pretty gone. What, what's exactly. the next cartoon we're going to discuss? Uh, the next one I wanted to. Oh, the new Might. Or wait, actually, no. Richie Rich. Let's Richie get, Rich. Let's okay. Get this one. is one that I watched like a fiend as a child. I was really into the comics. I watched this cartoon all the time. It's kind of the gem from. Um, ruby spears during this time and uh it holds up better than a lot of their stuff because i feel like there's some more money put into it because i'm guessing that harvey comics helped pay for some of it oh i wouldn't doubt it those are the original publishers of richie rich correct i wonder if they're still oh, around. okay you think they're still around 
I'm pretty sure they're gone. I haven't seen a Richie Rich comic or a Little Devil or anything else. I'm going to look to see how long they've been around. They went yeah, defunct in 1994. Oh, wow. And then there was the Macaulay Culkin film. Oh, right. Well, that's weird. The company went out of business just as that movie came out. And then there's, I think, a couple sequels. I get confused between this and Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> well... There's definitely a difference. One's poor and gets away with it. One's rich and gets away with it. One's poor and doesn't. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the director video sequel. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. Oh, for... Wait, there was a sequel to Dennis the Menace with Walter Matthau? I am... Sh- yes, there was... I know there was at least one uh, with Robert Wagner as Mr. Wilson. I know at least that uh-huh. one. I know that there was a... I feel like there's a Dennis Menace Strikes Back, and then there was a Richie Rich Christmas Wish. So I get confused along the way which what was what. There was definitely Christmas Wish. I remember that one because it starred uh, Gallagher. Oh God, what's his first name? The Blondie. comedian that smashed uh, watermelons. <laughs> That's a weird choice for Richie Rich. No, his last. No, the, no, that was his last name. No, he was a blonde kid. He was on. Uh, oh Friday right, Five, he I was think. on a Ticket to ha- not Ticket to Heaven. That's a fucking cult movie. Uh, Seventh Heaven. Yes, that's what it was. So I'm looking at this, and I didn't realize why I'd seen Richie Rich so much, because it was one of these shows, I've told you about this before, where it actually wasn't Ruby Spears, it was Hanna-Barbera, that in the first half of the 80s, that there was hardly any cartoons. The companies were running out of ideas, so they kept repackaging, repackaging, repackaging. So uh, Richie Rich was repackaged like Scooby-Doo, The Little Rascals, I don't remember that cartoon at all, Pac-Man and Mon Chi-Chi's, and I watched Pac-Man and Scooby-Doo like a fiend, so that's how I saw so many of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, as far as the Richie Rich cartoon, uh, again, I thought it was just an original movie. And, you know, growing up the, growing up with Home Alone, you know, and, of course, The Good Son. Yeah, I couldn't help but, uh, you know, want to watch it and love it based on that because of uh, Macaulay Culkin. And then finding out, like, it was all just a bunch of old comics and cartoons. I was like, oh, damn. Mom, Dad, why didn't you tell me? Why did you lie to me? I thought this was original. <laughs> That's a weird thing to know about. Okay, guess what? Frank Wilkar again! <laughs> oh, gosh, again! Um, I love... The voice of the dog. Yeah, Dollar the dog. I love Dollar. It, this was this was a lot better, I think, than the comic strip. Um, because, it, I don't know, there's a lot of big ideas in the comics, if I remember correctly. But the ideas in the cartoon are just so wild. And he had so much money to come up with gadgets and go on adventures. It's a lot of fun. Again, he had his own R&D right at home. <laughs> He's like a little James Bond. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't I wait to watch the movie again. We're going to be doing that on our show for the 1994 seasons, but that's going to be probably not until next year. Yeah. I do plan I on moving faster this year because we only got 80 to 85 in, but it's because we also didn't start the show until April, and then we had like long gaps. But I, I, I want to finish the 80s, at least get some of the 90s in by the end of this year. Well, definitely. I'm sure we can make it with enough faith, trust, and... <laughs> Pixie dust. Yes, and plus keeping episodes a little tighter. That's why these three back in tunes, uh, I want to say mini season, return, whatever, is it's going to be part of Hit Rewind, but I, I do want to give something out to the fans who support us for so long. But they're going to be shorter. We're not doing an hour on this. So, next cartoon! Okay. Oh, but one more thing I do want to say. Yeah, that, go ahead. Uh, his name was David Gallagher, the one who played Richard Oh, okay, thank you. Show. Was it Liam Gallagher? Did he say he was bigger than the Beatles? <laughs> What? Richie Rich and don't look back in anger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Now, this, of course, surprised me uh, knowing that it was by Ralph Bakshi, but yeah. the new Mighty Mouse Adventures, it had that toned-down Ralph Bakshi comedic flair. Well, it's and... it's more of uh, John Kay's style, because it seems like Bakshi was guiding this, but uh, John Crick Felucia, or whatever you say his name, was really in control. Cause it, yeah, because it looked like... It did. It looked like something out of uh, Ren and Stimpy. That's what I was realizing about it. <laughs> Well, they, like, they had huh. worked, they had worked together the year before this on that video with uh, the Rolling Stones Harlem Shuffle, and they hit it off, and that's how it led to this. And at the time, Ralph Bakshi was available because he wasn't working on a movie, and Paramount said, "Hey, you used to work on this when we were at Terry Tunes when you were a kid, well, you know, younger." And he's like, "Do you want to try to restart this thing?" And I gotta tell you, this is the best thing out of the eighties. I know everybody talks about DuckTales, but for me, Mighty Mouse is so fucking ridiculous, so funny, so wild and energetic, and it's a spoof of cartoons and superheroes. Way before that was cool. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. That's all I saw it was, because um, I remember seeing the old Mighty Mouse cartoons like on VHS that my parents got for us, and, you know, Mighty Mouse never really talked. It was always like some... Yeah, he would always uh, go, here I come period. to save the day, and that would be it. Yeah, pretty much. And then, um, you know, watching this, it's like, gosh, he's an airheaded idiot. Oh, no. Oh, God. I can't even think of the other word I wanted to use to describe him. But, yeah, he was just a goofball (laughs) as far as his personality goes. He's kind of a little self-absorbed. Yeah. Like, even when his girlfriend's in the middle of distress, he can't help but realize he's super strong and everything. Well, I think some of the, the villains are ridiculous. P.D. Page is one of the most ridiculous villains in history, and it almost feels like it's more in the vein of the old 60s Batman than anything else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it gives the character depth at least, but my God. Uh, oh, yeah, Baldwin. Is that who P.D.P. is? He got made fun of? He was that one cat who got made fun of because he was bald? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, it is. I, I forgot know, there I'll is a bunch in this. Uh, that is an, a love letter to the old sixties Batman because I forgot there's a character called Bat Bat, and it's a love letter to uh, Adam West. Did I lose you? I did. Check out my boy. Where yeah. are you? Where are you? I'm over here. Help me, please. I'm in distress. Here I come okay. to save the day. <laughs> yeah but yeah no that does make a whole lot of sense though I mean considering a lot of people growing up around that time them in particular would make like a little tribute to Adam West yeah well this is I mean because this is when Nick at Night debuted and people were getting into the kitschiness of the 50s and 60s I mean you saw it basically with like uh, Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure and stuff like that you know people were kind of into yes. the old school stuff and this is like right in that pipeline, so it's not only like a really uh, wild, uh, wild uh, adventure, but it has just so much love for what came before it. Absolutely, you see that in every bit of, uh, like I said, in every line, every bit of a panel regarding animation. Oh, excuse me. Oh wow, Andrew Stanton just... started on this, the director for Pixar. Oh wow! Yeah. He was an animator on this. Of course, he went on to do one of the most underrated Pixar movies, A Bug's Life. He did Finding Nemo and Wall-E. Oh, God. Oh, those were all great. Especially, bug- oh, God. Again, A Bug's Life was like a tribute to Magnificent Seven. Yeah, this show was uh, this show was censored a lot. CBS had a huge problem with it. It was a big hit. 
but they had to constantly edit stuff or erase bits because they were always testing the limits of what they could get away with. There's like blood and there's some sexual, <laughs> there's like, there's a whole booger joke that they had to cut. Um, <laughs> Why is that no surprise? Coming from Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's but complete yeah. on DVD so you can get it, you know, uncut there. Oh yes, that'd be great. I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that. Did you uh, recognize the voice of what is a little t- Scrappy Mouse, the little one? Uh, oh, it sounded awfully familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Who was that? Dana Hill, the sister from European Vacation. Oh my gosh! And I just watched that not long ago. Yeah. Oh no, gosh, she was almost. She was pretty much everywhere. She voiced so many cartoons, like so many episodes of Rugrats. Uh, so many episodes. Oh gosh, she was even. I think she was in. Wasn't she in some episodes of Cat Dog before she passed, or was that another? Uh, you know what? Her? I didn't look. I'm sorry. Uh, but I know that's what she basically did because I, I believe she had some sort of growth issue that affected her, and then the diabetes took her way too early. But I think the last time mm. she did anything was Max and Goof Troop. I'm not sure. Maybe she lived. Oh, she did live longer than that. The she last was. thing she did was voice work for the Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper. Oh, cool. Yeah, I knew she was in Goof Troop. I knew she sounded familiar. Yeah, she oh, was a Duckman. These are the ones that she was a regular in. So she was a regular in Goof Troop, Duckman, uh, Widget, whatever that is, The Mighty Mouse New Adventures. So that's, oh, oh, and she was, no, that's when she stopped doing live action. It was uh, around the 86. So yeah, she mostly did voice work after that. Oh, uh, yeah, no, and she did great voice work too, no less. Ugh. Again, it's always sad to hear about how she yeah. passed. But at least she has a legacy mm. to live, uh, leave behind. Absolutely. Now, and the, then... This, the fourth one you chose, this is one I've never seen. Uh, it's always been on my peripheral because there seems to be a lot, a lot of cartoons with the word Max in it. <laughs> um, but this is more your generation. It reminded me a lot of Bobby's World, and it's called Fantastic Max. Yeah, no, it definitely had that same uh, animation style. Uh, again, a little baby who is actually quite intelligent. Still has baby tendencies, because you know, he, again, he's a freaking baby. What else? Can, he can't really do too much. Right. But he is resourceful. He's quite, you know, his brain's developed quite quickly, and he has like a little robot buddy and an actual alien to help him on his little spacefaring adventures. Yeah, I feel like there's a influence from um, from uh, Richie Rich in this. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, as far as like all the gadgets and like the little James Bond adventures go, because he works for an intergalactic. Co- uh, Peacekeeping Corps. Oh, thank God. There is no Frank Walker. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy crap, yes. really? But guess what? Who, who? These are some of the guest voices. There's no names I recognize at all, except Nancy Cartwright, who played FX. But the yeah. uh, the voices that were guests in it, uh, we have Rene Aubergenas from Star Trek and Benson. We have Hamilton Camp, who played um, uh, Papa Smurf, I think. Um, Peter Cullen, Tim Curry. Uh, Phil Hartman, uh, Maurice Lamarche. Oh, wow. Uh, Lawrence Lunkenbill. No one knows who that is, but he was in Star Trek V as Spock's brother. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember him. No, honestly, yeah. That, I, I oh, son of a character. bitch. They're at the very fucking end. They're at the very fucking end as a guest. Frank Walker. God damn it. <laughs> okay. I knew it. I figured he was going to come <laughs> no. along sooner or later. We've done like 300 cartoons on this show, and I think maybe 10 of them don't have Frank Walker. <laughs> yeah, he's in there somewhere. Never count him out. 
Yeah, this, oh. this is. I'm still watching cartoons when this came out, so I'm kind of surprised I never saw it. But it was in syndication, and maybe my channel just didn't carry it. So how did, did you said you watched this in reruns, or did you? Because you were only two when this ended, three. Maybe, what year were you born again? Eighty eight. I was born in eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah, it ended when you were two, so you must have saw it in reruns. Exactly. Yes, that's what it was. Like early morning reruns, or heck, even when I was, uh, I think even further back, like watching watching it on Boomerang. There'd always be something that'd be popping up randomly. But yeah, I thought it was like very fun, especially for like a younger audience. You know, something, well, I mean, babies can relate to anything. They'll watch anything <laughs> as far as that age range goes. But again, yeah, uh, I, I just overall adorable, uh, adorable, great, big, uh, an imagin- imaginative uh, concepts. Right, yeah. It really, uh, it does seem like it's the uh, precursor to Bobby's World because the style and the, the imaginary worlds that Bobby would go on. I think Bobby's way more successful in what it's trying to do because I, I think there's something kind of just missing from Fantastic Max, but I do appreciate what it's trying to do. Absolutely. that That's only that's why it uh, lasted as long as it did. Uh, plus, you know, he, he was like, what, Max, like, doesn't he have like a little mohawk? <laughs> he was a little punk rocker. <laughs> I know, like that dude. I appreciate that. It's like, dude, that those parents must be really awesome. <laughs> All they're missing is fake tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anything else you want to say before we go? I definitely would recommend some of these, and hopefully, uh, they get archived as they right. should be. I mean, I know. As far I as know Bakshi has a history of adult cartoons, and John Kay is toxic right now because of his behavior. But don't dismiss, dismiss the art because there's other people involved with it. And I think Mighty Mouse is the gem of the four. Exactly. Just like give like a little forewarning, but uh, if you're ever to re-release it on Blu-ray or something, yeah, like they did with all their old cartoons. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, this is owned by Paramount, so they're probably not going to do that. But um, it just seems like a lot of cartoons are missing. I still can't believe that most of Woody Woodpecker is unavailable. The only the t- first two sets from Universal, and no one else is wanting to license it. Come on, there's like a thousand Woody Woodpecker, yeah, Woody Woodpecker cartoons. I had not realized how many cartoons there were. So but many as of far them. As... Yeah, it goes from like 1940 to 1972. I think the last one is Chili Con Corny. Why do I know this? Because it played at my drive-in before we went and saw Rain of Fire and Signs. Oh wow. That's awesome. Yeah, my old uh, mm-hmm. drive-in used to uh, still play the animated shorts. Oh man, that, oh god, I love when they do stuff like that. It's, like this one I went to in uh, this theater. Uh, I think it was a Rialto theater in Arizona. I was visiting my friend out there. It was two years ago, and all these little shorts and spoofs they had regarding uh, little tributes to Rocky or something. Because we were about to see Creed two, mm-hmm. and these would all play before the movie started and it it's so much better and more refreshing than watching all those little advertisements and previews yes good lord I'm so tired of I can watch this shit at home you know warm me up with a short film or some animated something come on eggs please and thank you <laughs> alright but yeah no, definitely give Mighty Ma- the new Mighty Mouse uh, another chance Right, Somewhere. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, so this is it for us uh, until our next mini-sode, kids. <laughs> uh, I will pick the next four, and then uh, we'll come together for the last one, and that's that'll be it for the 1980s. We won't be coming back for more Back in Tunes until next year where we start discussing cartoons from the 90s. I think there's still some good stuff to mine from you know those years. 
Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, considering what we've already discussed so far, there's definitely some hidden gems. We'll keep digging. All right, everyone, put on your hard hats. We're going. Uh, what were we used to call ourselves? Oh yeah, animation archaeologists. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, have a good night. Check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind, and Jacob, send us out. All right, everybody, namaste and good luck, and have a happy new year. And be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.